So Christmas Eve, when uh, when we all left uh, after midnight, it was Christmas Day, and we're on our way home. I was walking out of the church, and it was, again, very warm. But all the birds were singing. Did you guys hear the birds singing when you left? Mm-hmm. They were all singing, and I didn't know if it was the warm weather, but I got home and I told my mom about it, and she said, well, they were celebrating. And so I just thought it was really, really cool, like even the, even the little birds are celebrating Jesus' birth. So let's sing together.
with us all the time. And we just praise you for that, Father. Be our Emmanuel. Thank you for this morning that we were able to get up and come and worship you as a church family. Gracious God, through the life and teachings of Jesus, you have taught us to live as a people of love, justice, and peace. We confess that we often choose a different way, instead preferring self-righteousness, power, and dominance, even in our interactions with those around us. Call us once again to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Help us to let go of anger, malice, slander, and abusive language. Above all, enable us to clothe ourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, we're now in the 12 days of Christmas. Today is the second day of Christmas. The Christmas Day is the Feast of the Nativity of the Lord. We've talked about this before. You know, the commercial world ends everything. Now it's after Christmas sales. It's start getting fit by the first of the year and all those things. But now is really the time in which Christmas was celebrated in the early church always to get to January 6th. So today, the second day of Christmas, is St. Stephen's Day. And St. Stephen's Day has that wonderful carol, Good King Wentz, whatever his name is. Exactly right. That's also the secular holiday of Boxing Day in England. It has nothing to do with boxing. They would open the boxes for the poor and give out all the contributions they collected during the season to those around them. Then the Feast of St. John the Apostle and the Evangelist, December 27th. Feast of the Holy Innocents on December 28th, remembering when Herod gave the order to slaughter all the children under the age of two. Then the Feast of the Holy Family of Jesus, Mary and Joseph on the Sunday within the octave of Christmas. There's actually that too, or December 30th. And then New Year's Eve on December 31st is the feast of the, one of the first popes, St. Sylvester I. And then New Year's Day on January 1st is an occasion for further secular festivities or to rest from the celebration the night before that was celebrated on the octave day of Christmas. Of course, New Year's was never in January anyways. It was usually in April when it started out. April Fool's Day comes from that. The New Year, then after they got done with all of that... It was the Feast of the Circumcision of Christ at the same time, because according to Jewish tradition, he would have been circumcised on the eighth day after his birth. The memorial of the Holy Family of Jesus on January 3rd, and then, of course, led into Epiphany on January 6th. On Twelfth Night, which you've heard about within Shakespeare and other places like that, that was January 5th, was the last day for decorations to be taken down. And it's held to be bad luck to have decorations up after this. In contrast to the custom in Elizabethan England, where decorations were left up until February 2nd, Candlemas. And we've talked about Candlemas before. They still do this in other Western European countries like Germany. And there's a reason why Groundhog sees a shadow on February 2nd, and it is a religious holiday. So don't forget that all these 12 days of Christmas, they, they, they come now. Don't stop celebrating. Don't pack everything up in a box especially the things that, that don't come on the tree and aren't on the walls and aren't outside lit up. Hope, peace, joy, and love still need to be unboxed, taken out, used every day 
not put in the attic to store away until all of a sudden we can become nice people again when some magic calendar flips in November. These are things we need to be about all the time. And so there's this great little 12 Days of Christmas song they're going to sing for us. A little different than the original 12 Days of Christmas song. Thank you. 
That was played first at the canteen, and I heard it, and I'm like, well, that's got to be played on December 26th, the 12 days of Christmas, for sure. Thanks, Dane and crew, for that. Hear this scripture from Luke 2, 41 through 52. Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival, the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. See, it's every generation. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he came down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine human favor. This is the word of God for the people of God. Mike, come on up. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I trust everyone had a very Merry Christmas, and I hope it was as special as each of you are. And we are special, every one of us, because we are instruments of the Lord. You know, one of the great things about Christmas, um, you know, it's filled with uh, family and sweet memories and of past Christmases, as well as the hope and visions of the of the coming new year. One of the great things uh, about this time of the year, however, is the overabundance of all the assorted sweet treats that you'll find everywhere. Everywhere you go, somebody's got something out for you to eat. And, you know, I've, I've been trying to avoid all those temptations. I've been trying to lose a little weight. But I sometimes succumb to... Uh, the temptation of my uh, favorite sweet, and that's chocolate, dark chocolate. I just love the bittersweetness of, of dark chocolate. Uh, it confuses and confounds the taste buds, and it, it, it makes your taste buds say, uh, and ah, at the same time. Uh, and that's, it's really difficult for me to resist that. But today I bring to you an announcement that is personally difficult, and it's also bittersweet. Several months ago, we announced the appointment of Jeremy Squires as our lead pastor to begin his ninth year. At that time, we described the selection process for pastors and the timeline for the process to be completed, which is typically a four-month process culminating in the announcement of the pastor in April of each year. You know, last year as we began that process, we knew it would be a transitional year. 
uh, and that Pastor Squires would be serving his final year here at Good Shepherd. However, in October, Pastor Jefferson Fertardo, lead pastor of Connell Memorial United Methodist Church, accepted a position at the Tennessee Conference. He has attempted to fill both full-time jobs ever since. And as we know, this is not humanly possible. So he has chosen to focus on the conference position, leaving the pulpit open at Connell Memorial. And this move resulted in a domino effect and the changes that were anticipated to occur this coming June have been accelerated. A total of seven pastoral changes are being announced today in the Middle Tennessee area alone. Uh, another, from what I understand, another se uh, seven in the, in the Memphis area. Bishop Bill McAlilly and the National Area Cabinet of the Tennessee-Memphis Conferences worked prayerfully together to make these missional appointments to every church within our annual conference. And so, as the chairperson of your staff parish relations team, I give thanks to the ministry of our pastor, Jeremy Squires, who has been a servant leader among us. As he moves to his new appointment, we will continue to pray for him and his loving family. Our church will receive Reverend Regina Hall as our new pastor. She will lead us in worship for the first time on Sunday, February the 6th. She has prepared a short bio that we will mail to each of you following this service. I realize the abruptness of, of this announcement will leave many of you shocked and anxious or confused and probably a, a combination of all of those. Um, you know, we, we knew this might happen uh, mid-year. There, there could be a mid-year change. So we proactively formed a transition team months ago. And that team has been preparing for this eventuality. Later this morning, you're going to hear from Robert Cox, who will represent the transition team and hopefully help calm any fears or anxieties that you may have. But for now, may we all turn our attention to the real purpose of our gathering this morning, and that is the worship of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I know you have lots of questions. We're going to have some time to talk about that over the weeks to come. Today is not about me. It's about welcoming your new pastor and beginning this new journey. You're welcome to ask me questions afterwards. I'll tell you where I'm going, all that kind of stuff. We'll have plenty of time for that. The ninth becomes my birthday, but also a grand goodbye. So it's a big day. It's a huge day. Epiphany, memory of baptism, all of that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an awesome day to do that. So uh, we're going to spend some time today praying for Regina and, and getting ready to receive her and all of that as well. And then we've got some weeks to be able to, to spend uh, saying our goodbyes. And all goodbye means is God be with you. It doesn't mean anything else but that. It always did. 
And uh, so there is going to be a time for that as well. So we'll we'll get to those places, but uh, yeah, it's been uh, quite a ride. And, and honestly, it's just best that everybody knows it now because when you know it for weeks and weeks and weeks and have to try to keep it inside, and you know with that, we always knew it would be my last Christmas. We always knew that. So we, we've celebrated that, and it's been a great and wonderful time to be able to do that. So we look forward to, to all the things that are going to happen in the next several weeks as we continue to celebrate Christmas and get ready for the transition. So our offering is our offerings to God come from our heads and from our hearts and from our hands. And we, we think about the things that we're, that we're talking about, like prayers and people that are in need of prayers. And, and Jennifer Hawk has asked prayers for us for a serious health condition and issue. And uh, please, you know, if you want to reach out to her and, and learn more about that, you are more than welcome to reach out and be able to, to hear what's going on with her and the kids that would be coming down right now. Yeah, it's all right. No, because it was still put in the script at the end of it, so it still wasn't on. Thank you, Shelley. It's just creature of habit, right? We're all creatures of habit, right? Kids, come on down. I hear, I hear, I hear, I hear on the footsteps. Tiny hooves on the, on the, no, no, it's not, no, 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 <laughs> no. And what should appear but three children and, and a reindeer. Oh, okay, right. here they come. They're going to be celebrating Jesus' birthday with some amazing things. That's why Stephanie's wearing a birthday hat, because they're going to celebrate some amazing stuff while they go. And while they head out, then, uh, thinking about our prayers for Jennifer Hawk, please remember her and your prayers and others uh, for our presence. Obviously, it's just great to be together. You know, some people say, well, you know what? Just cancel church on December 26th or whenever it is. Next year, it's even better. Next year, it's like Saturday and then Sunday. So go ahead and just sleep here and then turn around and get back up and you'll be ready to go. So, uh, um, but it's great to be able to come together and to worship and for all of you who are watching us at home uh, as well to do that. Financially, we've, we've been giving all year and giving all of our lives and it's been great to see the generosity that's happened. You can give uh, all those ways we talk about on the website, text giving, of course putting in an envelope, um, you know, uh, writing a check out, all those kind of places to be able to do that. And we want to give you a, a big heartfelt thanks from all the staff uh, for our Christmas gift. And uh, this is our crazy crew there. When you ask somebody to stop, what would I ask them to do? Mid-bite. I, I said, will you please stop mid-bite? I made the wrong choice selection of words. And so, of course, Davis is in mid-bite. So uh, I really kind of meant to put your fork down and just, you know, get ready for the picture. But that is our crew, and I'm very thankful for all of them. And, and uh, it's been a great blessing, and we had a great blessing uh, for Susan's great food. Uh, she makes what's called preacher ham. You ever heard of preacher ham? You need to get some preacher ham. It was the kind of ham you put out when the preacher came over because it was the good ham. So you pulled that out, and, did it, and it's really good ham. So we uh, enjoyed all that she had to provide for us that day as well. And we have an end-of-the-year giving challenge. We, we did this last year, too, and an opportunity for us to really think about, you know, how are we going to bless uh, God, bless the congregation, bless the community to be able to, to go into this, this next year. Last year at the exact same time, we were moving forward with our Imagine plans, remember? We were extending it by six months just to get through. We had no idea what was coming up uh, during that time to our three-year plan. And then we received an additional $10,000 gift from a family, completed a faith promise, but kept giving as long as it takes to finish. Some of you are the same way. You're like, I'm still in. I'm going to keep giving until it's finished, and that's awesome. 
Because if we do that and we just keep piling it on, then it's going to be here before you know it. It's getting whittled down every single month. And the more we put to it, the more time is off of it, and the more time we're going to have to be able to do all the things you want to do. Once the debt's gone, then you know, you know, it's under $200,000 now. Once that's gone and wiped out, so if you're thinking about putting anything in Good Shepherd's Christmas stocking this year, you know, those are the kind of things you've got to think about. But one of the things you really want to do uh, beyond Imagine, because Imagine's going great, but if you want to give something extra towards that, but it's also a end-of-the-year giving challenge in a different direction. This is the last Sunday to give for the end of the year, and we want to give towards missions. We want to shore up the mission fund and be able to do that. We've depleted that over the last couple of years, and especially with Feed the Need. And this one, like we said before, didn't get paid for. So every time we do Feed the Need, it's $2,500. That's a lot to come out of one piece. And uh, so if you'd like to give towards mission, we want to replenish that. We'll always do it. We've always done it. We've always come through. When they've asked us to do something, we've done it. And you've always come right back through it and given to make that happen. So we want to replenish that fund, get stronger, get ready to go, walk into 2022 with a, a great opportunity to be able to do some missions. You can always see what you give in your Realm account. If you don't have a Realm account or don't know how to use your Realm account, just call Davis up, get you set up for that. It's really great to be able to see all your giving for the whole year right there, print off a statement, see like, oh my gosh, I missed those couple of weeks. Yeah, it makes it a lot easier than trying to go back through your checkbook register or through online banking. So please make sure all your donations are postmarked by December 31st or given by December 31st. And we'd love to be able to have a blessing to be blessed to others as we go into this new year as well. And then serving is an opportunity we had. We had a birthday meal for Jesus yesterday, and the Van Burens knocked it out of the park once again. So Brent and Kathy gathered up the people who uh, be considered family in that moment. It's an it's a, it's a d- interesting crew, that's for sure. Uh, that is for sure. But we had a great time and uh, had some birthday cake for Jesus. I, I did find out his favorite is lemon. I, I, I knew it was, but, you know, it appeared that way, so I, I, I know it's lemon, so there you go. And uh, so we really appreciate Brent and Kathy for always gathering up people who, who need to have a family or would like to be a family in that moment. And I've got my fill of deviled eggs now, so I'm good to go. So all these things become our witness, what we do in every area of our life. So let's gather these things up from our heads, from our hearts, from our hands. Oh, one last thing I forgot. Uh, pray for Judy Ray. As she travels to Sweden to see her daughter for about a month or so, pray for Judy Jones because right now she's in Costa Rica, left the, um, uh, day, uh, yesterday, and she's in Costa Rica doing mission work. So let's pray for the two Judys as well. Let's receive these offerings from God.
God, we give you thanks today. We give you thanks, first of all, for the gift of your son, Jesus, who came into the world so that we might have life and life everlasting. We thank you for all of the opportunities that you give us to be in ministry together. And even though we are in transition, Lord, you are still God. You are still in control. And you still have a plan for us. So God, guide us and direct us. Today we come with many needs in our hearts. Those who are struggling with illnesses. Those who will be traveling. God, you know each need. Meet each need, Lord, as only you can. And today, we come as so many have come before to offer our gifts to you. Receive these gifts. Receive us. And use us for the journey that we have ahead. And use these funds, these gifts, these tithes, these offerings to further your ministry here and around the world. We give you thanks and praise for all you are doing, for all you have done. And Lord, we thank you now for what you're going to do because we know it will be good. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. So, as we mentioned earlier, we... uh have had a team since uh, the summer already working on transition. That gives us a heads up, a, a head of start above most everyone else. Who, and I would ask you to pray for these places. We knew that I'd be leaving, just not when. But these places didn't know their pastor was leaving until now. Except for Staff Parish, of course. And some of these folks have been planning to stay. So please pray for those churches that, that have announced and, and are announcing the same time too. Because I, I feel for them. Um, it's one thing to know, and it's still hard. It's another thing not to know. And uh, so please do that. So Robert and the rest of the team have been doing some amazing work over the last several months so that we are far ahead of any place that would normally be in a time of transition, and it's going to be an amazing opportunity. It was so great that we had that time to do that. And Robert's got a few words for you today to, to be able to share with you. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Jeremy. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, Hannah, for your years of service and dedication to Good Shepherd, our beacon on the corner here in Hendersonville. What an exciting time this is for all of us. Here we are together, both in person and online as our church. Transition brings opportunities of growth and excitement for us all. The change is also challenging, and it pulls at our heartstrings. So let's talk about next steps together. First, as Mike said earlier, this was a year of a planned pastoral change. Your church leaders have been praying and preparing for transition with Pastor Jeremy since the summer. While we expected the transition to be in June, we are ready for February 6th, our first sermon with our new pastor, Can you believe that sermon is six weeks away? It's new beginnings for us all. Now, 
We are all ready to celebrate Pastor Jeremy, Susan, and Hannah and wish them well on this next journey. In this time of renewal, Epiphany Sunday is in two weeks, January 9th. Well, guess what? It's also Jeremy's birthday. So we will all gather in the gym after service in two weeks for lunch and well wishes together. The invite's going to go out today in Realm, and we are excited about you being there. Davis is preparing the main dish, and we're going to need your help with side dishes. Please sign up today on Realm or in the Narthex after service. And while transition is exciting, it's also difficult for each of us. When you feel grief, sorrow, joy, surprise, know that you are not alone. Your friends are all around you. Take a look upward. We are the light in our community. Take a look around you. We are the light to each other. Let your light shine in this time of transition. Let us light each other. In closing, here's an important monument from our church long ago. It's a cornerstone from the Shepherd Hills. Many of our families began there. This cornerstone, our foundation as Good Shepherd, is solid. The future is in the eyes of the beholder, and our past can guide how we see our future. Thanks to each of you, your faith, and your actions, Good Shepherd has the foundation and is ready for where we go next. Each of us, every one of us, has a role in this transition to send off, to welcome, and to move ahead. Remember what we have learned together through sermons and through our actions. Our community needs us. We need each other. We all need God. Let us love God and love one another. And because our foundation is solid, our future will be bright, and the light of Good Shepherd will shine into the world. Transition is a time for each of us to find hope, inspiration, and possibilities together as Good Shepherd. So, celebration with the squires is in two weeks. First sermon with Reverend Hall is in six. Six weeks. Here we go. Thanks, Robert. So as we begin this new journey, and we're walking into a new sermon series, uh, New Beginnings, and uh, we'll be focusing on that uh, starting January the 2nd when uh, Rick will preach again and then I will preach on the 9th and the 16th and the 23rd and then I will take off the 30th to get into a, a new frame of mind and then begin the 5th, the, uh, February 6th where I'm going as well. And so then what will happen is, is January 2nd will look like this and Rick's already got his slide ready to go from Ephesians and have that piece, right? Isn't that correct? You look at me crazy, like, I, like you didn't create this or something. And then, <laughs> and on January 9th, we will celebrate Epiphany with Home by Another Way. And we will remember our baptism that day. We'll also uh, have an opportunity for all those things to gather together and to do that. 
My favorite part of it, this happens to be on my birthday too. I don't think it's ever been my birthday at the same time to celebrate Epiphany in any church I've ever served. So this is exciting and I'm looking forward to it. So it'll be a big party. So we invite you to be a part of this new sermon series, New Beginnings. That actually, Rick's kind of starting the day a little bit too. So let's uh, go to the Lord in prayer as we center around this word. Gracious God, just pray for, for Rick and his fireside chat today. I pray that you've given him the Holy Spirit fire, that he will preach into us this morning from your words. Be with him. We thank you so much for his gifts and graces and for all that he does here at Good Shepherd. And we thank you for the word that you've given him this morning for all of us to hear. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everybody both here, everybody at home, said together, Amen. Be in pajamas today. I just, I couldn't do it. I'm sorry, but... I was given this jacket by a friend who dared me four years to go to ever wear it in public. And I've not really done it this public before, so this is way out of my comfort zone. I was going to take this off because I wasn't sure if you would listen to me with all the brightness that's coming out of this, but I think we can do this. As we were preparing to do this the sermon today, we, Jeremy and I have been talking about this for a while. I never dreamt that it would be the day that we made this announcement. And uh, I, am a, I am a lectionary pastor. And what that means is that I actually do follow the lectionary pretty, pretty solidly along my jur- sermon journey. When I was in school, somebody said, well, that's just the easy way out. And I went, no, actually, it's the hard way. Because what it means is, is that you literally have to depend on God to give you words out of something that was chosen for you by a group of people hundreds of years ago. And we are still going to stick with the, with the lectionary passages today. You heard the first one, the story of Jesus um, as a child. Now, what was your Christmas like? How was it? Good? Yes? No? Indifferent? Okay, you all have already started checking out. And that's okay. It's been a hard day. But you're going to be, you and I are going to be in conversation with each other today. So please understand that I have always had this rule with congregations that I've served, with men that I've taught. If I ask a question, 99% of the time it's not rhetorical. I actually do expect to get a response. So let's try this one more time. I bet you can do this. How was your Christmas? Woohoo! All right. All right. I had a pretty good Christmas too. We had a blast yesterday here at the church with uh, Brent and Kathy and, uh, and all of the crazy guests. <laughs> it was. Hey, I was here too, so I was one of them. We just had a great time. It one of the struggles as being a single pastor living in Tennessee so far away from my family, uh, my birth family, is um, it's difficult sometimes to find family. So a few years ago, I made the Christmas Day or the Christmas Eve journey back to Maryland to be with my, my birth family. And I went to church that night, and I sat in church. And I'm just going to tell you all, it was the most horrible Christmas I've ever had. And I tried to figure out what was wrong with that. 
I came home and came back to church the next Sunday on whatever it was around New Year's. And I had a great Christmas. What I realized is that birth isn't about family. I mean, it is, but it's not. Family is who you share life with. Family is who you experience life with. Family is who you journey with. And what I realized is that I have a Tennessee family that exists in this building. And there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can tear it apart. So thank you for being family. It's kind of like that in the story that we read about Jesus. The, I get frustrated, quite frankly, with, with the Bible sometimes. Because the most amazing thing happens on December 25th. We celebrate the most amazing thing that could ever happen. The birth of Jesus, the, the Messiah. And we get maybe two stories about him as a child. And then he's, he's not there. Then he shows up at the age of 12, which is where we are today, and then he's not there again. I want to know more about who Jesus was as a kid. You know, did he skin his knees? Did he, did, did he fall off? Of, I don't know what you rode back then, but did he fall off of it? <laughs> you know, we, we, we know from this story today that, that Jesus occasionally probably did something to irritate Mary. Today's story is one of them. And it's kind of fun to think about Jesus in that way, isn't it? As somebody who irritated his mom just a little. It gave me a whole lot of solace after I realized how much I irritated my mom when I was a kid. And actually, as I began to understand scriptures a little bit more, mom says, why are you like this? I said, I'm just trying to be like Jesus. <laughs> she didn't buy it, but you know. Christmas is a journey. Christmas is a journey for all of us. We didn't think that the journey was going to look quite like this, but it is a journey. In this particular passage today, one of the things that, that I find really, really intriguing is that they traveled to Jerusalem. Yeah? They celebrated the festival, and then they were on their way back. And it took them a little while to realize that Jesus wasn't with them. Dana, what would that look like if you suddenly realized Cyrus wasn't there? <laughs> Absolute panic. People have said, well, what was Mary thinking? Why wasn't Jesus next to his side? Understand, Jesus was 12 years old. Hurting any 12-year-olds is like hurting cats. And they were traveling together in a family unit. Understand, they were traveling by foot or by animal in a family unit, which meant that the, the kids were probably going back and forth from mom to dad and because a lot of times the men would go ahead and the women would fall behind and everybody else was in the middle. So he's probably going back and he went over to the other relatives. Why do you, you know, so you might say, Rick, you don't know that. Well, actually I do. Because what it says is that Mary and Joseph went to the other family members to see if they knew where Jesus was. You see, it's kind of like this family. 
we're kind of all together in a kind of a, a random way. Sometimes we're with other, these people and sometimes we're these people. Well, that's where Jesus was that day. When they realized that Jesus wasn't with them. Joseph was probably calm and... I don't know, but this is this one I'm making up. Joseph was probably cool and calm and cool. We don't read anything that Joseph said, except that we know that he went back with Mary. And they searched Jerusalem to try to find him. Because Jesus was lost. And when they found Jesus at the temple listening, what was Jesus' words to them? I love it. My mama would have slapped me until next week if I had said this to her. Jesus looked at Mary square in the eyes and said, Why are you looking for me? Didn't you know I was going to be here? Didn't you realize I was going to be here? (laughs) My mama was a Jewish mom. I know what that would have gotten me. But as I thought about that, it made perfect sense. Jesus, the Son of God, wanted to be in his Father's house. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus would find himself so centered in the midst of all of the chaos, which was always the festivals of that time. Jesus wanted to be where he was learning and and experiencing the word, the the voice of, of his daddy. been a little crazy around here, hasn't it? I'm going to talk more about that next week. But even the holiday season, last couple of weeks have just been absolutely bizarre. Just things happening and moving and people, wow. And we like Mary and Joseph and Jesus make the trip every year back to the Father's house to remember Mary was probably so distressed she didn't understand until Jesus reminded her. In the midst of the chaos, you go to what's familiar. Family. Home. That trip home was not exactly what Mary thought it was going to be like. Have you ever gone somewhere realizing, and getting about halfway there realizing you left something? God tends to give me examples when I don't really want them. Earlier last week, I was just kind of running around getting stuff done, and I usually take my work computer home with me. I got up, and I was getting things done, and got to work, and realized that the piece, the tool that I use every moment of my work was still at home. Now, it's not a horrible trip back, but it was, I knew going back at 8 o'clock to Nashville was going to be ugly. But I made the journey back and prayed the whole way, Lord, please make it easy. Well, almost, it worked. 
Have you ever lost something and was desperate to find it? Jesus understood. And he was in conversation with those who were teaching him his daddy's language. In the midst of the chaos, Jesus was living in peace and helped others find peace. The message of today, the journey that Pastor Jeremy is getting ready to embark on, the journey that we're getting ready to embark on, needs preparation. And while we thought it was going to take, we were going to have maybe five or six months for that preparation, guess what? God had a surprise. And that's okay. Remember when I told you a couple weeks ago when the angel of the Lord says, don't be afraid, be afraid? This is why. Because sometimes the surprises aren't quite what we expect them to be. Or as one of my friends used to say, we laugh, excuse me, we plan, God laughs. But Jesus understood that being here, being in the center of God's will, being in the place where God was speaking to him, his daddy was speaking to him. Why are you searching for me, he said. (laughs) I'm where I need to be. It's our question as well. Why are we searching? Why are we confused? Why are we upset? Why are we... We call ourselves Christians, don't we? And if we carry that name Christian, then we need to believe that God has a plan, a perfect plan that was thought out well before Pastor Jeremy got the call from the bishop's office. I don't know if it was bishop's office or the DS's office. Probably the DS's office. God had already had a plan for this. Actually, interestingly enough, I can prove it to you. Because for several months before Pastor Jeremy knew that he was moving, God had moved people in this congregation to begin to prepare for a change. As a pastor for many years, I didn't have that privilege. (laughs) And in my last appointment, we really didn't have that privilege. I had just told them I was going to stay and We were celebrating our second full year of ministry together. And 12 days after we announced that I was staying, I told him I was leaving in three weeks. God had a plan for that. And God had a person who followed me, Reverend Brown, who is just an amazing pastor. And she is is transforming that congregation in amazing ways. I choose to believe that God had a plan for this. We don't see a lot of mid-year seven church appointments happen. God had a plan, has a plan. 
Reverend Hall, our new pastor, is part of that plan. So here's a question. This is a two-part sermon today, by the way. So here's the question. Do we want Jesus to come where we are, or do we want to go where Jesus is? Think about that for a second. We can ask Jesus to come to where we are in our hurt and our heartache and in, in all of those places and all those things and the frustration and the challenges. We can ask Jesus to come to us, and He will. But how much more powerful would it be if we went to where Jesus was? If we would go to the place where the angels sang, Hallelujah, glory to God. How much more amazing would it be if we chose to go as the, as the shepherds and the wise men did to Jesus as opposed to expecting Him to come to us? And say, Lord, here we are. Use us. Use this situation. Use us as your people to transform this world with all of the changes that are happening. Do we want him to not give us a reason to be anxious? Or do we search for him so that we won't be anxious because we have found his purpose? Do we search so that we can be about the Father's things as well? Whose things are we most concerned about this Christmas tide? Ours or God's? It's a tough question. I don't mean to come all mean and judgy on you. But it's during these times that we so often begin to self become self-focused. It's during these times that we begin to look at our needs and our wants and our hurt and our... and forget that God is a God who goes before us. You know, one of the amazing things I've found in all of my journeys is that I am lousy about taking my own advice. <laughs> So many times I've said, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> Through all of my transitions, even to this day, the transitions that are happening, I, okay, Debbie, shut up. Just going to start there. Shelly, not a word. Louise, to use one of the phrases of one of my friends, no, no, no. <laughs> I love being in control of my journey. It might surprise some of y'all. But, what I say, I love being in control of my journey. But you know where freedom comes? It's when I allow God to be in control of my journey. And so many times, so many times, after I get tired of trying to control it and not working, I finally throw my hands up and say, okay, God, it's yours. And literally, I think sometimes I hear God going, it's about time. 
then suddenly everything comes in order. Folks, we're in a strange place. We've never been here before. We've never been in this situation like this in the place that we're at ever before. But you know what? God has. And that's all I need to know. How about you? Sermon 2. From Colossians 3.12, we hear these words. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And over all these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Verse 15, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful that the message of Christ, of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom and truth and psalms and hymns and songs of spirit, saying with God and with gratitude from your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. One of the things, and, and I'm just going to be straight up with you, one of the things that I know that happen in transitions, especially in surprise transitions or early transitions, is people get stupid. <laughs> I mean, not uninformed, but they just get weird. And they begin to act weird. I have watched my parishioners over the years when I've surprised them with these announcements. And suddenly the next week, I'm like, who are you? That's the northern way. The southern way, more like, what are y'all doing? (laughs) This is not who you are. So as I realized that I was going to be challenged with this opportunity to share with you on the day that we announce that Pastor Jeremy's leaving. Hear me, I love you all. But I also know that people can get weird. I'm not thinking about anybody in particular. I'm thinking about y'all. So let me challenge you. Whenever we're hurt, whenever we're surprised, whenever we're depressed, whenever we're angry, whenever we experience change, whether it's good or bad, we tend to look at the world a little bit differently. So let me give you a lens by which to look at the next six weeks. Okay? I think this is what God wants us to do. First of all, God wants us to be in the Father's house. God wants us to clothe ourselves, be prepared for the journey. We need to be in worship. We need to be in the Word. We need to be in prayer. And we need to do that more now than ever before. It needs to be intentional about seeking God's will and seeking God's wisdom and seeking God's power, seeking the the work of the Holy Spirit in this place, that as transition occurs, as new things happen, that the power of God's Holy Spirit will be in the midst of all of that second thing that we're told in Colossians we need to forgive 
we will all probably say something, do something, or act in some way that will frustrate or make somebody mad. It happens. Even in my most... You're not supposed to have a most favorite church. But even in my most favorite church, where everybody was pretty normal all the time, they got a little weird. And forgiveness became the center of everything that we did. We need to be in unity. The spirit of unity needs to dwell in this place like it has never dwelt in this place. One of the things I loved about this... Loved? No, love about this congregation. I loved it when I first came in here is that there was this sense of a family, of community, of unity that happens. Even when things got dumb, people came together. There was never a time when there was a need that people didn't come together. Pastor Louise uh, issued a challenge while we were on a mission trip. I remember sitting there. I remember sitting in the fellowship hall of the place that we were sleeping, watching the service. And I remember looking over at Jeremy when, she, when he said, this is going to happen, and Jeremy's going, <laughs> I remember it. Who would have thought that we would have paid for that bus in that quick of time? That's what this congregation does. One of the old phrases, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. We're tough. Because we stand together. And I believe that Colossians is telling us that we need to stand together in unity more now than ever before. Fourth, let Christ rule. I mean, take this as loving as you can, but it ain't all about y'all. It's about God's will for this congregation, God's will for this community, God's will for the further ministry of this church. We need to trust that God is in control of this. We need to trust that God has a plan. Okay, let's just settle it down. Anybody here believe that this is not God's plan? We can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> if you want to talk about it later, you know, I'll be more than happy to talk to me about it. But, but I believe... See. I live in this world that believes that nothing happens outside of God. Dana, I love the fact that, that you were talking about the birds singing, because I, I thought I was hearing things when I was going out, because the birds were supposed to be asleep. But how do you sleep when the Son of God is being proclaimed born? How do you not celebrate? How do you not celebrate? when you see God doing a miraculous thing in your midst. God chose Good Shepherd for a new beginning at a particular time because God has a particular plan. And that's something to get excited about. We need to continue to tell the story. And there really is two stories. It is the continual story of how God came into creation as a baby child and changed the world. Not just by his birth, but by his death and resurrection. God brought an amazing 180 degree turn to the world. That is our part of our story. The other part of our story is how God has used people like Pastor Jeremy. And as much as I love Pastor Jeremy, and I will miss Pastor Jeremy, Susan, I'm really going to miss you. <laughs> I mean, he's okay because he came with you. 
(laughs) You have and will always be a blessing to this church. God has used your ministry in ways that I don't think you will ever, ever understand. Thank you. That's part of our story. It's how this this lady came and, and, and became mom in a lot of ways to a congregation and brought her husband just to kind of speak to us. <laughs> and it's a story of how a person came to the congregation named Jeremy who transformed a congregation and helped them see that things were possible even when it didn't look that way. But you see, it's not a story about them. It's a story about how God used them. And how God has used all of the pastors and all of the members, all of the people, all of the situations that have happened. Quit, Debbie. Here, in this church. How God chose to use Good Shepherd to be a beacon in this community. And finally, this is the hardest one sometimes for us because we are human beings and we we love to take credit for everything. But you know one of the most humbling things that happened to me one time, a pastor friend of mine uh, who has gone to glory, actually he got his wish, he was an African-American pastor one time, we were talking and he said, you know, my, my, my goal in life is to preach until I die. One Christmas Eve, he preached a sermon. He did the benediction. He sat down and he died. About six months before he did that, we were talking and he said, it's one thing I want you to understand and it's one thing I want you to always know. No matter how good your church is, no matter how bad your church is, well, and he stopped and he went, well, Maybe. No matter how good your church is, you didn't do it. No matter how well we reach out into the community, no matter how well we do the ministry that we do, we need to understand we didn't do it. We need to give God the glory for that. Because God has knitted together this motley crew of people from all around the United States and brought them to this one place and only God can do that. It's time for us to prepare. But before we prepare to move, we need to be ready. So may we. May we let Christ rule. May we continue to tell the story. May we let it all be about God. May we clothe ourselves in righteousness and in God. May we offer forgiveness and may we live in unity. I want to say it was Stephen Curtis Chapman, but it might not have been. Wrote a song many years ago that was called Welcome to the Great Adventure. The Great Adventure is here. You ready? It's going to be a fun ride. God's already here. God's already ahead of us. 
God already has a plan. God is already living out his plan. Get on board. May it be so. Yeah, it's actually off his, off his album, The Great Adventure. It was actually the, the first time I heard Christian music and thought that maybe I could be a Christian and thought maybe I, I could take this great adventure. Before that, Amy Grant was a little too soft for me, Michael W. Smith. They were, But Stephen Curtis Chapman laid it out there. We should do that song sometime. Thank you, word, uh, thank you Rick, for your words of uh, comfort and challenge. And appreciate you, brother, for all that you bring. We're going to sing this hymn of commitment, and, and then after that, we're going to uh, gather together to pray for the new pastor. So this is not my time. This is not our time to pray. There will be a time for that and ascending off and all that. This is a time to focus on preparing our hearts and our and Good Shepherd for Regina. So um, you're welcome to come forward during that to go at these altar, you know, at these rails and do that. So you can come forward and do that or lift a hand, do that kind of thing. But don't. I'll be up here. Don't gather around me. Or maybe I'll just go over and sit down. But I'll, I'll do something. But just this is this is time for her. You know, it's time to pray for everything that's going to be happening. So after we sing, um, sing me now of Christmas, then Mike's going to come up and he's going to lead us in that prayer. Which it does involve me too, but it's mostly about Regina. Hit it.
being joined here uh, with uh, members of the transition team, Melissa, Shelley, and Robert. Also, James Leisure is a member of that team. Sorry. And you are also members of the team now. Our team has expanded from this group to every one of you here and at home. We need your enthusiasm, and we need your talents, and we need your ideas. You are a part of this transition now. You have all the opportunities before you. The church has all their opportunities before. This is going to be the year of Good Shepherd. And we need every one of you to help with this transition. So, I, you know, I hope you will, you are members, and I, and I pray that you will be active members of this team. Because we do need you. And the church needs you. So now the time has come for us to prepare a welcoming environment for Reverend Regina Hall. And to begin a new year with a positive spirit and steadfast resolve. Let us now and through the coming weeks pray for this transition in our church. May we bow. Lord Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we give you thanks for our church. It is a gift of grace to us. We are deeply grateful for the leadership of Jeremy Squires, who has served us as pastor, teacher, leader, and friend in Christ. May your holy grace be upon him and his family in the spiritual adventure that lies ahead. As Regina comes to be our next pastor, we pray for her. May your grace abound in her life, giving peace and joy and confidence in this new beginning. Open our hearts and minds to receive the gifts that you have for us in these days. And we give thanks for what has been and anticipate what will be. Our life is in you, O God. And through the Holy Spirit we pray this day, the people of God here and at home say together, Amen. Me in this litany. Dennis, you have that? Okay. Lord, you call us on a journey to a place we do not know. We are not where we started. We have not reached our destination. We are not This is not a comfortable place. Be among us, we pray. Come our fingers, save us from discouragement, and help us to stay on course. All over our hearts to your guidance, so that our journey to this unknown place continues as a journey of trust. Amen. Let's sing together, good Christian friends rejoice.
Good Christian friends, rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give heed to what we say. News, news, Jesus Christ is born today. Folks that us before him now, and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Christ is born today. Good Christian friends, rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now ye hear of endless bliss. News, news, Jesus Christ was born for this. He has opened heaven's door, and ye are blessed forevermore. Christ was born for this. Christ was born for this. Good Christian friends, rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Now they need not fear the grave. News, news, Jesus Christ was born to save. Calls you one and calls you all to gain his everlasting home. Christ was born to save. Christ was born to save. It's amazing. I keep reminding myself that years ago I had a computer that had less memory than this. One of the verses in the song I was talking about, The Great Adventure, says, We'll, we'll travel long over mountains so high, we'll go through valleys so low, Still through it all, we'll find that this is, the great, uh, this is the greatest journey that the human heart will ever see. The love of God will take us far beyond our wildest dreams. May the grace and peace, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the God of the great adventure, fill your hearts with joy, with hope, and with anticipation for what God has in store for us as a church and what God has in store for each of you on the journey He places you on. Go out into this world with the assurance that you've never traveled before by yourself and you will not be traveling by yourself now. Go with the assurance that you have a family here at Good Shepherd and you have a God who will travel with you. Now, go in peace. And the peace of God be with you always. Amen. Amen. Let's sing as, right before we go. Go tell it on the mountain.